the demand for a sign, amazingly, right after a sign. Good morning, Christian America. That's what scripture brings us today. Jesus, feeling pity for the crowd, feeds thousands, performs another miracle, and yet people still aren't satisfied. The Pharisees still aren't satisfied. Those who do not like you, those who want to destroy you, those who want to make you look bad and mock you and criticize you and ostracize you can never be satisfied. Our job is not to worry about them. Our job is to follow Christ and keep on moving, keep on living, keep on sharing, keep on living the life that he calls us to. Let's get into scripture this morning. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 8, verse 1. Good morning, Christian America. And good morning, Christian America. Eddie here is always representing the Christian American revitalization effort. That's the Christian American community on all the social media platforms. That's this podcast, the Good Morning Christian America podcast on YouTube, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Parler, on Rumble, on all the podcast platforms, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, anywhere that you can get podcasts, this podcast should be on there. That's the Christian American T-shirt company and ChristianAmericanTees.com where you can go to ChristianAmericanTees.com and pick yourself up some Christian American apparel. Show the world where you put your priorities. Show the world that you put Christ at the center of your life, at the forefront of your life and everything else that you love your country and all else is tertiary. All else is secondary to those two main priorities in your life. You love God first and you love this country. And without God, we have no country. Without God, we have no community. Without God, we have no love. We have no generosity. We have uh, none of the goodness, none of the righteousness that he brings to us. That's why those words are echoed even by people who say they don't believe in God. They don't know what they believe. They just know in their heart of hearts that goodness is good, that love is good, that generosity is good, that kindness is good, that equality is good, that being a good steward of the life that you have is good to take care of yourself, to be, uh, to take care of your body is good. All of these things, even the atheists agree are good. They just don't know why they think that they can choose those things. They can't. Those things are good to us, not because we think they are, but because God says they are, because God gives them to us. He's granted us. He's blessed us with these things. It's our job. It's our duty to recognize it, to give thanks, to give praise, and to do his work and to do his will. And that's what we're trying to do here. That's what the Christian American revitalization effort is all about. And it takes it shape in various forms. Today, we're going to get into the scripture. Usually, we come to you on Mondays. However, yesterday uh, was a, an extremely busy day, and so uh, we didn't get a chance to come online with you guys. But fear not, we are here today, and it's better late than never. And there's always, it's always a good time. There's never a bad time to get into scripture. So let's get into scripture this morning. What I want to do is have you turn your Bibles to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 8. And we're going to start at verse 1, where Jesus 
is being Jesus. He's performing miracles. He's helping people and he's putting the naysayers in their place. And so let's get right down to it. In verse one, it says in those days when there again was a great crowd without anything to eat, he summoned the disciples and he said, my heart is moved with pity for the crowd because they have been with me now for three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them away hungry to their homes, they will collapse on the way. And some of them have a great have come a great distance. The disciples answered him, where can we get enough bread to satisfy them here in a deserted place? Still, he asked them, how many loaves do you have? Seven, they replied. He ordered the crowd to sit down on the ground. Then taking the seven loaves, he gave thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples to dis distribute and they distributed them they distributed them to the crowd they had a few fish and he said a blessing over them and ordered them distributed also they ate and were satisfied they picked up fragments left over seven baskets there were about 4000 people he dismissed them and he got into the boat with his disciples and he came to the region of Dalmanutha. The Pharisees came forward and began to argue with him, seeking from him a sign from heaven to test him. He sighed from the depth of his spirit and said, why does this generation seek a sign? Amen, I say to you, no sign will be given to this generation. Then he left them, got into the boat again, and went off to the other shore. Where do we start in this passage? Again, Mark's gospel is very concise. It doesn't elaborate as much as Matthew's. Mark's gospel is the first gospel. He just gets right down to the point. Previously in, in the gospel, you heard about Jesus feeding 5,000 men, and then there were women amongst them. So 5,000 plus. This isn't the same. This is a separate occasion. This happened again. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't a single miracle. Jesus has the power to feed the hungry. He is, as he calls himself later, the bread of life. He is the living water. He does sustain the people who are with him. They've been there three days and had nothing to eat but yet they're sustained, they're nourished, they're full, at least enough to keep going. But without him to turn away and, and walk away and to go away, they were gonna collapse. These are Jesus's words, not mine. This is what he says. If I turn them away now, some have come from a great distance, they're not gonna make it. With me, they can make it. But without me, they're not gonna make it. And so what happens? They bring him seven loaves of bread and a few fish. And once again, he says a blessing over them and he hands them out. And all the people eat so much that they have leftovers. Now, the naysayers, the people who don't believe in the word of God per se, would tell you that this is a this is an analogy. This is this is uh, scripture's way of showing us how to share amongst one another, not to be greedy. I beg to differ. Jesus could have told us that 
himself. But what scripture does say is that Jesus performed the miracle. He has the power to multiply goodness and give it to those who follow him. And then amazingly enough, right after, once he gets into the boat and he goes to uh, the region of Dalmanutha, the Pharisees eagerly meet him, ready to challenge him, ready to talk down to him, ready to, to uh, ostracize him, to criticize him, to try to make him look foolish and ask him for a sign. Well, if the Pharisees would have been with Jesus just prior to that, they would have seen this miracle. They would have seen Jesus's ability to multiply food and to feed the masses, to heal, to raise the dead, to make the lame walk, to cleanse the lepers, to drive out demons and everything else that we see him do. These Pharisees, these scribes, these religious hypocrites could easily take part in. They could easily see with their own eyes. They could they could receive that sign as they as they call it, but they don't because they don't want to stay with Jesus. They just want to nitpick. They want to ridicule. They want to uh, they want to seek all the congratulations for themselves, all the prestige for themselves. And this is a a common theme throughout Scripture, a common thing that Jesus has to deal with. But how does he deal with it? Does he shout? Does he get in their face? Does he wag his finger? Does he call them names? Does he curse at them? He just takes a deep breath. Scripture says he sighed from the depth of his spirit. <sighs> Gathering himself being patient, trying to love. And he responds with clarity, with genuineness. Why does this generation seek a sign? Amen, I say to you, no sign will be given to this generation. If we can see it, if we can prove it, then it takes no faith. If you have to be shown something in order for you to, to believe it, then you do not have faith in it. Faith only comes from the absence of proof, at least the material proof. I can, I can give you a, at least a dozen ways that God has proven himself to me personally. But none of those things are material in nature. He hasn't appeared before me. But I feel his working. I feel his spirit. I look back on my life and the twists and the turns and the ups and the downs and the things that I wanted to happen that never did and the things that I did not want to happen did happen and all of them have led me here today, you probably understand what I'm saying because you've experienced the same, especially if you're in this community, especially if you're watching this podcast. You know that God is central 
to who you are and how you live and what you do and how you raise your family, how you interact with your community, how you interact with the world, how you speak, how you walk, how you talk, how you teach, how you have patience and generosity, or at least if you don't, you know that you should. These are proofs to us, but they are not material proofs. But nonetheless, if you have no faith in Christ, if you are not willing, as Jesus says, to acknowledge him before people on earth, before your brothers on earth, he, Jesus says in Matthew 10, 32, 33, he will not acknowledge you before his father in heaven. But if you do acknowledge him, if you do keep your faith in him, if you do recognize him, if you do have faith in him and his word and his works and listen to his commandments and follow them, Jesus says he will acknowledge you before his father in heaven. Let us not be sitting around waiting for a material sign, trying to find holes, trying to ridicule, trying to criticize people of faith. Let us have the faith of a mustard seed that Jesus says can move mountains. Let us have faith and find our faith if we've lost it. Let us grow in our faith it has, if it has been diminished by the world. Let us always seek our faith because our faith in Christ is everything. If we have no faith, then we have no hope. If we have no hope, then what is life worth living? Jesus is the cornerstone that the builders rejected. These Pharisees are the builders. They're the builders of the quote-unquote religion. They are the builders that reject the cornerstone that is necessary to have a functioning, strong foundation in which we can live in equality, that we can live in generosity, that we can live in kindness and in appreciation, that we can live in love with one another. Because the, the, the spark of divinity is in us all. Let us have faith in Christ. Let us have faith in the kingdom that is to come on earth as it is in heaven. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we hope you have a, a blessed week. We hope you have a continued blessed week. Again, we apologize for not being in here on Wednesday or I mean on a Monday, but we're coming to you here on Tuesday nonetheless. Thank you for following this community. Thank you for watching and subscribing and liking and engaging this podcast and the content that we put out. We seek to build a stronger community. We seek to revitalize the faith of Christians across this land. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, once again, have a blessed week. Stay on fire for Christ. Stay blessed. Good morning, Christian America.